What's going on, drinking buddies? Before we get into it this week, just a quick word from our sponsors, the people that keep me in booze money. Keep this show afloat. Besides you guys, you guys help keep this show afloat. You know what I mean. It's been a sleep-deprived couple of days, guys. So first and foremost, we are brought to you by our friends at Vital Me Please. Vital Me Please is the record of the month club, the best damn record in the month club. Every month, Vital Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please, and it has features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, colored variants. It comes packaged with a 12 by 12 album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing every month. It's fucking awesome. So the way it works, guys, is you sign up, you get some fucking awesome vinyl, one new vinyl every month, no contracts involved, cancel anytime. You got to check it out. If you're interested in rad vinyl, hearing some good tunes like I am, go to www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that was joinvmp.com slash ANWD. And get some rad vinyl sent to your house with some awesome cocktail recipes. We're also brought to you this week by our friends at Ghost Tequila. Ghost Tequila is a 100% agave Blanco tequila that is ghost pepper infused. Seriously, dudes and dudettes. Or however you identify yourself. Ghost Tequila is awesome. Makes amazing spicy margaritas. Bloody Marias. It's great to just shoot. If you're into Blanco tequilas and a little bit of spice. Ah, magnifique. So if you're not in one of the lucky states that already has Ghost Tequila. Go to www.ghosttequila.com. Order yourself a bottle. You will not regret it. Last but not least, we are brought to you by our friends at Laughable. Laughable is the number one comedy podcast app on iOS. Not only can you subscribe to your favorite performers, your favorite shows, they give recommendations and app. And they're just all about changing the face of comedy. Ned Kenny, the owner and CEO of Laughable, is a fan of comedy. And he has made this app just to promote comedy. I believe in Ned's vision. I believe in this app. And that's why I'm so happy to be part of Laughable. So if you're on Android, it's coming soon. I know I've been saying it forever, but it really is. If you're on iOS, screw the Apple Podcast app. Download Laughable. You will not regret it. It really is the best goddamn podcast app out there. Now that we got the sponsors out of the way, drinking with us this week is the squirting man, Eddie Wood. He's a... Female to male trans performer. It's one of those things, man. On one hand, it, I feel it's important you guys know that Eddie is a female to male trans performer. That's how he identifies. But on the other hand, like, we don't qualify straight performers as like, hey, this is so and so. She's a cis performer. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> but Eddie and I, you know, talk about. Traveling to Cuba, his time with Occupy, how he got arrested, whole lot of crazy sex stories. So pop a cold one, friends, and enjoy this one. I'm 
today. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> it was a group therapy, but well, I can talk about it on record, or but yeah, I was like the only one there, so it was just me and my therapist. Was like, <laughs> That's gotta be a little awkward. A group phone, of one, <laughs> group of one, and your phone's going off. <laughs> and we're like particularly trying to do these grounding exercises, <laughs> so we're like you know, focus on your feet, how they are against. <laughs> Very so, cool. You know. Very cool. <laughs> We're going already, by the way. All right, cool. I'm good with that. I tried to not say so much to you before we hit record because I, everything I say is, you know, you want to get that on tape. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> That's why we have you here. We want to have fun. We want to have some drinks and we want to, you know, hear yeah. everything you got to say. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah. This is awesome. Thank you for doing it. This is like the second podcast this week where I'm day drinking. Normally, this is like. 7 p.m. 8 p.m. thing where I'm you know settled in for the night where I can get nice and trashed and then just kind of stumble to my room. Yeah, my <laughs> my plan for this actually is I'm hosting a tranny strip at the villa in West Hollywood. So I already kind of made a plan like a couple drinks here, go home, get some food, and then no drinking later. <laughs> <laughs> get a little lubricated before you get on stage. Yeah. So what is tranny strip? Why don't we just? Oh, yeah, totally. It's an event put on by this guy, John Ed, from New York, and he's brought it out here. So that's it all started as it was a opportunity for me to get close to trans women porn stars. Nice. <laughs> so all the top ones they strip for it. So Aubrey Kate, Foxy, uh, who else? Nadia Love will be there tonight. But Natalie Mars has done it. Um, everybody's done it. And my first job for it was just collecting the dollar bills after the girls dance. But it was cool. The best part of that, collected the dollar bills, got to go give them to them in the dressing room. So I saw everybody. I've done that for mainstream girls. Like, that's <laughs> kind of how I got my start in the biz, too. Yes. Like, I started off as a roadie. Like, I did conventions. I'd go out with feature dancers. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I've done that gig. Sometimes it's better than others. Oh, I... I didn't even get paid like the first time. I just did. <laughs> like some of the girls tipped me out. Um, but then the next time they offered to pay me, I was like, well, fuck. Yeah. I mean, when you're a trans person and a trans artist, you pretty much just assume people aren't going to pay you for what you're going to do. Well, that's bullshit. That's absolute <laughs> bullshit. It's a small, tight knit community. You'd think they're like, no, we need to take care of each other. Yeah, that is kind of wild. Or it's what it usually is. It's it's a non-trans community who wants you to come in and be on like their uh, their panel. Like I did this. Well, I mean, it's cool. It's whatever. There's both sides to it. But I was invited to do a panel for a class at UCLA when I was a grad student there, and it was the class is called LGBT is not a sandwich. And it was it was like me going into it. I was like sec- two years into trans. It's like really feeling myself, thinking I'm hot shit. Like girls are thinking, you well, I'm a guy. You know, I forget that. But uh, <laughs> girls are perceiving me to be the man that I am. So I thought, oh, I'm going to meet all these like freshman hotties, you know. And so we do the panel. No, not the reaction at all. Afterwards, like they had like, oh, now we can go eat with the panelists. And the only people who showed up were like like three little gay boys. They're really sweet, but like the girls were not interested. It was like, oh, that's a bummer. You know, I was just imagining, you know, like what if they had a class like this is black people <laughs> we're having black people come to our panel and ask questions. So it's just, I'm sure in the fifties and sixties <laughs> they probably did. They probably did. So as the civil rights you know, movement. For the LBGTQ, I don't even know all the letters at this point, no. 
continues progressing, I'm sure it will be less like freak showish like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I try to find comfort in too. <laughs> it's so bad, but sometimes I'm worried, and I, don't, I hate to, but I part of me is like very trans <laughs> pessimist, <laughs> but I'm also like trans optimist. But the pessimist part is like, oh, it's gonna get worse before it gets better, because it's like you know they didn't know about us before. Then they started finding out about us, and then they started trying to regulate our bathroom <laughs> habits. That's so and ridiculous. Like, oh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm worried it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, but the cool thing about being in the United States is like, we have trans people that are out a lot, living out and proud, or whatever you call it. I, and there's a trans woman who just uh, won office in Virginia, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty... That's, you know... Part of me is, a lot of me is anarchist. I was all in the Occupy Los Angeles stuff. So I'm like, oh, she sold out, you know, part of me. But no, I, you know, then there's the whole idea of uh, changing the system from within. Exactly. <laughs> but I think that's, I think that's great. I think it's great that people are so into voting lately. <laughs> I still... <laughs> I I haven't voted for, and the worst is I was like a grad student in political science at UCLA when I. That's why I moved out to Los Angeles. But I would not. I wasn't voting. I was just like, that's my decision. That's my vote by not voting. I don't approve of the of the system. Well, on one hand, unless it's a local election, you're kind of throwing your vote away in California, anyways. We're just gonna go blue. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. I like that I can just like coast on everybody else's. Yeah. I know way too much about it, but like the the cutting edge like research and political science at UCLA when I was there was like we think we know how uh, presidents are selected. We have this theory called theory of parties. <laughs> we think parties decide <laughs> who gets elected president, and we're like, yeah, what? And they're like, no, we're nerds. Like y'all, regular people don't care about politics. I'm like, what you're saying is just common sense. <laughs> Well, it depends on the party. Obviously, the Democratic Party chooses its... The Republican Party, maybe not. And that's not. what I love, because the whole Donald Trump story just disproves like these old-ass white dudes that have been studying public opinion for like 50 years. Just like, no, you, you're totally off. Your theory's fucked. Your theory was like shitty to begin with and obvious, and it doesn't even... <laughs> At least, in, well, the, the GOP doesn't have superdelegates. Oh, is that the... Fuck. I remember that word. <laughs> in a haze of like protests and like tear gas and police <laughs> yeah so were you in some wild protests like with the occupy movement yeah i was part of the 60-day camp on city hall in los angeles holy shit we had like the chillest camp ever though <laughs> we think it's because of all the marijuana like it was just marijuana like, <laughs> in la never and the the cops didn't really mind like they didn't even pay attention to us for a few weeks, but I think that's what kept everybody so chill. People in New York, they're like sleeping on the street and like trash bags, like in the freezing cold. And we're just like, we just had like a picnic. Like we had all the tents, but we just called them napping tents because no one really stayed there at night. No, I stayed there at night. Other people stayed there at night, but like there was a lot of empty tents. But the worst thing that happened is. When we all got arrested, we were expecting the cops to approach from the out, outside going in because that's how they had done stuff before. But no, all of a sudden, out of the middle of City Hall, 
all the cops start going down the stairs like like uh, Star Wars, like troopers or whatever. All have their you know all their equipment on, their big guns. They're like. There was a point where, like, one of them was, like, pointing a beanbag gun, like, at me. And I'm, like, with my skateboard, like, outside of a tent, just, like, freeze frame. Like, yeah, and, like, they ended up cutting me and my girlfriend at the time out of a tent. <laughs> and there's, like, six of them. And they had me by my arms and my legs. And they're, like, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? And I was, like, it's my, <laughs> it's my GoPro. They're, like, no, your other hand. And it was this handkerchief that was, like, dipped in, like, vinegar or something that we had all prepped so in case they sprayed our eyes but they like thought i had a bomb i was <laughs> i didn't do myself any favors i was wearing a bicycle helmet and like <laughs> the outside of a like an army bulletproof vest <laughs> we'd even gotten gas masks but we found out the gas masks that we had been sold were like defective and we would have like died it was a, yeah it was a kind probably would have made things worse like oh good now i have the gas in this nice little chamber yeah, around my face just that was like yeah you're, you're lucky you saw me or you were gonna kill yourself i'm like fuck so yeah it was we spent uh i spent three days in jail which was terrible i don't recommend jail um did they, the weird yeah did they throw you in gen pop or so the first thing they do is like they separate you into men and women, which is interesting. So I, I packed my packer because I knew we were gonna get um, arrested that day. So they didn't like do like a really intense like frisk or anything. But they looked at my ID and my ID has a my my birth name like a feminine name on it. I still have it, use it, um, but it says male. So I was just like, oh, I'm I'm a man, and it was funny. They're like, oh, okay, okay. Once I told them I was a man, they're all like totally on board they're like put m in like a circle on my folder like other people come up they're like oh no he's a man it's just a family name <laughs> like they're all like going to bat for me <laughs> and then when i got in there um you can say that you're bisexual or gay and they put you in a special population so you don't like get beat up and so i was like oh yeah i'm bisexual i didn't ever say i was trans and they put me uh in that um but it was kind of freaky because, well, interesting because they put you with anyone who's, like, special. So, like, I had some very special cellmates at some times. Like but, mentally disturbed yeah, cellmates? Yeah, yeah, like staring at me while I was sleeping type of thing. But it was cool. Like, I think it would have been worse in general population. And then, like, I got I got my own room. There was, like, a guy across the way from me that was all tatted up and he was, like, asking me if I was gay. And so I would just like flail my <clears throat> flail my hand and be like, "I'm not gay, you're gay." <laughs> like, <back at him. laughs> but he like ran the joint like it was just like overpopulation or something. So they have some long stay people in the jail. But yeah, I stayed there for three days. But we had a lawsuit, and they doled out the money. I got ten thousand dollars. So it was like the easiest ten thousand dollars I ever did. Three days in jail, ten grand, bad. room and board. <laughs> yeah, like. Ham sandwiches. Um, my main complaint is that they they played two and a half men incessantly. That With was or without Charlie Sheen. <laughs> the Charlie Sheen version. Oh no. Yeah. And then uh with Avatar. So I like those those I can't I can't stomach those anymore. But, <laughs> How many yeah. times did you have to watch Avatar in three days? That's only like two or three viewings of it. <laughs> exactly. It's just like this is the true torture. Like they, you don't know what time of day it is. They'll like confuse you about it. They wake you up every eight hours to like 
feed you, but make sure you're not dead. But that means you eat breakfast at like 2 a.m. or something wild like that. Just all these things just to destabilize you. So mostly I just cried and then I dreamed. But the be- the best part about sleeping in jail is when you dream, you don't remember you're in jail. So it's like, it's really wonderful. But then you wake up. I know it sounds so basic, but like the craziest thing about jail is you can't go anywhere. You know, but it's like you really you might feel that way in your life or something that you're stuck. But until you've been in jail, it's it's yeah. Yeah. I don't have anyone telling me when I have to eat, when I have to shower. Thank God. Yeah. So I passed up the whole shower experience. Yeah. I said no on that. Oh, my God. It's enough for me. Like, I'm just getting to the point where I can shower at L.A. Fitness and like group shower and not have my hands over my crotch the whole time. I try to like be like casual about it. But now, like. Since I've been on my like last reiteration of <laughs> of going to LA Fitness, I'm like fuck it, yeah, I'm just gonna put it out there because I'm just trying to make some more money, you know. <laughs> get, <laughs> Why not, right? Get a lawsuit off of that. Like that's the worst case scenario. You probably shouldn't record on something that's going out to the internet. Like I'm doing this to possibly be litigious. You probably <laughs> oh, should put that right. out. You shouldn't put that out. I there. mean, I'm doing it not to be. <laughs> Just, is that the word? <laughs> I think that's a word. No, I believe you. I just don't know. I'm words. not a lawyer. Don't, look at this guy. Not a lawyer. I am a jag off with a microphone and some alcohol. That's about it. I am wildly uneducated. No, I, I, uh, I love lawyers. I've been watching the staircase on Netflix and I just, I love lawyers. They're so, they're not necessarily good or bad, but they're, they're just able. They're they're legal. They're they're, they're what they do is legal. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Apparently, what Michael Cohen is doing was not legal. And oh yeah, today's a big day. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> I practice with my therapist. This is a road. I was just gonna be like, stop. Nope. Mm-mm, I can't even <laughs> go down to that. It's funny though. I do choose to begin my mornings by watching like Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyers, and then uh, Jordan. Kepler on the opposition. I don't know. That's the only thing. <laughs> I guess it just jolts my brain awake. Otherwise, I would sleep until, yeah. You're like, this is what's going on in the world. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this world is a crazy place these days. <laughs> I just don't, yeah. I like Samantha B. I like how she called Ivana Trump. Trunk, Ivana Ivanka Trump? Fuck, I don't know. Is that her name? <laughs> this is so embarrassing. <laughs> But she called her a, feck, a feckless cunt, and then she got all that pushback about it. That was really interesting. So what? She called her a feckless... feckless uh, I can't even say it now. A feckless <laughs> cunt. Yeah. What's wrong with that? It's her opinion. Speaking of Ivanka, did you see that she liked one of Tommy Pistol's tweets? Yeah. That was really cool. <laughs> Tommy, my dream, one of my many porn dreams, is that like Brie Mills would like cast... Well, I I will have to be more buff. Okay, I'm putting that out there. So that's just my own insecurities. But I get cast in something for Pure Taboo with Tommy. And I'm like his twin. But like his twin brother has like a pussy. And it's some like sci-fi or Pure Taboo thing about that. Well, Tommy can't bang you if you're his twin brother. No, no, we wouldn't be banging. We would be banging the same woman. And it would be like a case of mistaken identity. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Nice. Or maybe some weird universe where he had to have a pussy or something. Or maybe he used to have a pussy. I don't know. It could be a flashback. But yeah, I I think he's he's awesome. Oh, that'd be crazy if you guys did like a... 
Yeah, that, that'd be pretty fucking rad. That's why I think there's so many opportunities to do that weird sci-fi stuff and the super like taboo stuff with trans. It's got it written all over it. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> uh, speaking of like going back to when you were like, oh, those cute UCLA girls. I showed a picture of you to one of my friends when we were out to brunch the other day. Like, oh, this is my guest this week. She's like, I wish I knew how to eat pussy. <laughs> she thought you were so cute. Everybody, well, everybody knows how to eat pussy deep down, I assume. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's funny, too, because I would prefer her just to treat it like a dick. Like a very small dick. And, like, I'll go there because, like, a <laughs> this is so bad. It's 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 like a small dick. It's like a baby dick. It's terrible. But like I, you know, if you just now don't ever think of that again, just disassociate that. Now that I <laughs> made that connection <laughs> in your brain, but I guess that's my own fear. You know, it's like uh, who's into like really tiny dick? You know. Um, but I hear there's some positives about sucking trans dick. It's very small, so like it doesn't take as much like mouth muscles and stuff. Like yeah, you're not gonna wear out the jaw. Yeah, I'll still make a girl wear out her jaw, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, it's the subtlety of differences between like if a girl goes down on me and she's going down on me as if she were a girl, it really the sensation's like not even there. It's like totally different. How it, it's wild how mental it is. But if a girl goes down on me and she knows how to suck dick, and I'm like, yeah, just suck it like a small dick, it it were it's like so hot. Like the differences. Just the time, you know, the differences between a girl like fingering me with like the pad of her finger and like doing circles versus making like uh, her thumb and her finger jack me off. Like it's, it's incredibly different. Like, yeah. And one works and one doesn't. Well, so, uh, I'll have to let her know and maybe, yeah, we, maybe we can make a love connection here. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Shout uh, out to her, Laura. Ask her, Laura, what she feel, how she feels about squirt. Because she's going to need a scrunchie, and she's going to need a towel. <laughs> I will definitely let her know. <laughs> so I feel like I always bring my own like towel to, to set, because like, it's like a courtesy. <laughs> that, is, that is very kind of you. I, I was dating a girl for a little while that you know, squirted quite a bit, and she'd come over, and I'd just ruin my fucking towels. All the time, like, oh, we, we got to put a towel under your ass. I was with a girl... Even if there was a towel, she would just ruin the sheets. <laughs> well, it shows you're doing good work. Doing good work at that point. Shit. Yes, yes, exactly. That's what the girls are always like, oh, I never squirted before. <laughs> See, that was like that was like a compliment to myself. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I've only made a handful of women squirt in my whole that's life, good. and mostly it's accidentally. Like, oh, shit, that happened. No, that's really good. See, that's that's you were doing something right, just naturally in your body that you didn't even have to think about you're like that hot that's really good if you didn't mean to make I, it I, I think it was a her and i connection it it's not like you know every time i'm up to bat like squirting oh yeah i know it's totally about the connection yeah for real, for real. yeah when you've got that magnetic connection it's why when i would with this one woman i felt like i could feel the sensation in my fingers happening before she started squirting and we had the kind of relationship where like well she she was my girlfriend at the time's best friend, but I just started transitioning. And so my girlfriend having trouble accepting my transition, but her best friend who I didn't really know except for as my Lee man self, she being like, oh, Lee, he, him, just music to my ears. And so we started hooking up behind the, the, my girlfriend's back. 
And so that really, it was the kind of thing where if we were around each other and my girlfriend wasn't around, I was just like magnetic. So with her, I could feel that energy coming before she would even squirt. I, think I, was, uh, I haven't quite, well, now I'm not messing with clits so much. Now I'm, now I'm more of a, I'm into lady dick kind of guy. Into so. lady dick? Yeah, which is interesting too, because you can kind of get that same sensation. Well, I guess when you're, you know when it's gonna come because well I never been around jizz and shit like well just jizz there's no shit. <laughs> but, I mean there could be. I mean depends on what you're yeah, into. I'm actually, not. You know. I don't judge. I don't. Ju- <laughs> actually, I finally <laughs> had to figure out what do you do with the um the poopy finger when you pull it out, and I I was a terrible person and I I wiped it on this girl's sheets. <laughs> oh, that's not cool. I didn't know what to do. It was like my first time. It was. She, you know, she was trying me out too. It, she, it was a situation. She's like, "Well, I don't know if I would ever be with a trans guy, so let's just go to my house and have sex and see." And I was like, "Okay, that's fucking amazing! <laughs> Holy shit!" As a cis white male, no one's ever rolled up to me like, "I've never banged a cis white male before." Let's go fuck. That's great. That is great. Like, yes. goddamn, goddamn, the advantages you have. <laughs> I'm never gonna experience that. Like. Never tried one of you out before, because we're a fucking dime a dozen. That's so great. Oh, that's really wonderful. <laughs> it's like saying, I've never tried McDonald's before. That's all we are. We're fucking, we're the fast food of fucking sexual identity. Yeah, we're more like, the <laughs> yeah, I'm like the new organic Mexican place that they're building on Sun- Tokoya. Tokoya Organic. That's like me. <laughs> That's, oh, I've heard about that. That's supposed to be really good. I gotta try huge, it. Huge line, yeah. All the huge time. line. It's off and out of stock. Fucking just too many people are trying it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm feeling really positive right now. <laughs> Need to send this out to all the the guys that are in, earlier in their transition. <laughs> Sex will come for you. Yeah. <laughs> come in abundance. Yeah. If people in the future sluts. <laughs> they want it all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they want to try new and wild things. I had my first gay hookup just like two months ago, like with a the, with the guy. I didn't even... Well, it's bad. I have this kind of tendency if like, <laughs> if a guy like is like, do this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> just for my own upbringing. Um, <laughs> and so he he had gotten my number when I was promoting tranny strip, but he got it out at Club Cobra, and it's like a gay bar. And so he started, you know, sexting me, trying to get me to come over, and he he was incessant, and it was working, and finally like. I was off work and he texted the right thing at the right time. Oh, oh yeah, I think maybe he said something effective like it could be. Well, I forgot what he said, but he did ask if I wanted to use condoms. So that's what I. Oh, this is what it was. He asked me what I called my front part down there, or like something. Like he, I mean, he said it nicely. And I thought that was so nice of him to ask. So that kind of made me feel like, okay, he's, he's safe. But I'd never done that before. I drove to his house. He was like, do you mind if I'm jerking off and you just come in on me? And I was like, okay. And like, uh, oh my, and his dick was so big because I've been only messing really with like trans girl dick and it's a different type of dick. 
It's like a soft flower. And this thing was just huge. And so I didn't even really want to suck on it or anything. But it was cool because he was just really into sucking me off. And then he, like, fucked me. And he could only put, like, a tiny bit in. But he was so nice. And I, I, had, I had my feet up on his chest looking up at him. And I was like, God, he's so masculine. He's so hairy. And he's, like, bald and muscular. And I was just like, oh, this is so fucking hot. You know, like, this is so fucking masculine. I was really into it. But I just did it, like, one time. Um, but I'm really glad that I did that experience because it was like a big mental thing for me to be able to like go hook up with the guy as a guy. I don't know. It was, it was dope. I prefer women cause I feel like romantic and I, I do like, it was funny. I didn't know what to do when it was over and I was like, can I smoke a cigarette? And he's like, Oh, I, I don't smoke inside. And I was like, Oh, can we just go out there? And he's like, Oh, uh, my, no- my neighbors are really nosy. And then I felt like I needed to go. And I was like, well, do you want to talk for like a minute? So we talked for like five minutes. And then it was just like, bye. Yeah, it was the like, awkward like, <laughs> why are, we both came. Why are you still here? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just imagine a lot of gay sex is like, both come high five out the door. Yeah. It's like, you're ashamed for your neighbors to see me? You just made me come. <laughs> <laughs> they heard it. <laughs> they know I'm here. Yeah. It was so wild. And then he hit me up like a week later and he's like, You wanna you know, hang out again? And then I didn't respond. He's like, Oh, it's cool. I won't I won't bother you anymore. So that was nice, you know, I was in and out. Uh <laughs> I, I imagine out. like, you know, gay culture and two dudes, like, I don't know how they got anything done. Like if it was just two dudes involved, I just imagine it's boning all the time. Yeah. Boning <laughs> and working out and boning. <laughs> so it's like Yo, both partners having like the male sex drive. I can't imagine much, but obviously the community is getting stuff done. I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know how. Like, they're, where do they find the time? They're incentivizing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I love uh, love having sex with trans women because, like, they're like oh, someone would be like, oh, I know what it's like, you know, like I about my sex drive or stuff, or like about me wanting to be polyamorous or like have multiple partners and stuff. It's kind of neat they're cutting me slack because <laughs> they knew what it used to be like to have the testosterone sex drive. And I want to like live in like a feminist like world, like reject like evolutionary differences of the sexes. But then it's just wild to yeah to experience being. On testosterone versus not being on testosterone and like all these terrible, terrible like stereotypes being like true. Oh, testosterone <laughs> makes you do crazy fucking things. <laughs> right, be happy. You never had to experience what being a teenage male was like. That seems terrifying. Oh, it's just like, oh, oh, I'm erect. Like just <laughs> strong breeze, hard on, just jerking off multiple times a day. Like I just got to get the poison out. Got to get the poison out. <laughs> Yeah, I remember like my first weekend of like that feeling when I started my testosterone therapy. <laughs> it was like I ne- never watched porn, you know. And now I just realize jerking off every day at the end of the day is just something that I have to do. And then I'm really attached it to cigarette smoking. So like if I don't have a pack of cigarettes and it's like late and I don't want to go out, I'll just be like, fuck it, I'm just not jerking off tonight. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. It's like it's like Pavlovian that you need you know, a cigarette when you get off. That's horrible. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I'm i not a cigarette smoker anymore. I, I quit 
years ago. But I do miss the after sex cigarette. Oh my god, that used to be the after meal cigarette and the after sex cigarettes were like the two best. Yeah. They're freaking essential. That's like, oh, I just came a little sweaty. But the cigarette during sex, oh my god. I studied abroad in Cuba when I was in college. And Cuba's funny because there's not much everyone has housing, but there's not like enough housing for you to move out of your parents' house. So everyone's always trying to find places to have sex. So they have like rooms you can rent. Rented this room for like for like two dollars. I mean for like two hours for like eight dollars. And uh, I'm having sex with this Cuban girl. And then she starts having, soaking a cigarette, and I was like, oh, she's finished. No, it was a part of, like, sex. So I brought that back to the States. <laughs> and then, like, I did it, like, during really emotional breakup sex with that same girlfriend that I... Now everyone knows I cheated on a girl. Uh, I wasn't living my true life. <laughs> I wasn't my authentic self. I hope she's over it by now. How many <laughs> oh, years ago was this? She's over it, but now girls know. Now girls listening to your podcast know I'm... I've been a cheater. And I like to say, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. But now I'm just poly. Right. So, so you're open. Uh, yeah, I'm just open. <laughs> so you weren't a cheater. You just weren't confident enough to say what your needs were. And yes. you were doing what yes. you need to get your needs met. I love you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm very pro mental health and therapy. I was, yeah, as I said, at therapy before this. I go to therapy four times a week at the LGBT center. And it's awesome. It's a great support system. And yeah, you talk like a therapist. I like that. <laughs> hey, this is just my own like life experience. Like, no one's gonna look out for me but me. Yeah. So if I don't say what I want in life, no one's gonna just assume that's what I want. Yeah, that's a bit, of, especially even in the or especially in the bedroom, asking for what I want. That's a huge thing because I come from the back. Like I was a lesbian from. I mean, I guess my whole life or whatever, but like act, uh, practicing lesbian from like 16 to 24. And I was like one of those stone cold lesbians, you know, you don't touch me. I just touch you. I would just like, you know, finger a girl and get off on that. Why do you think that was? I guess I was so dysphoric about my vagina and having a vagina. And I didn't see alternate ways of having a vagina. But then once I started my testosterone therapy, I started growing my clit to become like I've been talking about my baby dick. Um, <laughs> I wanted to use it all the time. I had like a couple strap-ons, but I was I would like them when I before I transitioned. But then once I transitioned, I was like, well, fuck! I want to use what I have. I want to stick it in everything I can. <laughs> See, that is the testosterone talking right fucking there. Maybe you do know what it's like to be a teenage male. <laughs> See, that's what they say. They say, yeah, your your transition with the hormones is your second puberty, and so it's like you're going through puberty, but you have access to your own living <laughs> situation. You have a car. You can get alcohol, you can get weed, you can get drugs, you can go out to clubs. So, yeah, 16 Wait, you can do that at 16? <laughs> nah. I was definitely doing most of that really? shit at 16. Oh, you're I, a bad boy. I was a bad kid. I, <laughs> I was such a good kid. I'm from South Carolina, and I grew up in the church. And all through high school, I played like in the church band. My My first girlfriend, like my secret high school girlfriend, would come watch me play uh, drums for the... <laughs> temporary church service on Wednesdays and then afterwards I would take her to go get ice cream and then like I would say something funny and she'd like go to hold my hand and then I would get like a tummy ache because I felt so guilty <laughs> like we would like have conversations where like we can pray like literally like we'll pray the gay away like we'll go to this camp 
for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, because uh, I went there, I knew. I was like, we can go back to this camp and we can give up lesbianism. Because I went there and we were supposed to nail everything, like all of our sins to the cross. And I remember thinking, I can't nail liking girls to the cross. I can't give that up. So, <laughs> yeah, no, my brother's a preacher. Uh, yeah. Christianity's fucked. <laughs> it served its purpose back in the day. No, it, it in biblical times when that shit was written, <clears throat> the rules laid down make sense to a degree. Like, don't eat these animals. They'll kill you. Yeah. Don't covet thy neighbor's wife because there will be fucking fighting. Yeah. Don't murder someone. There will be fighting. There were <clears throat> guidelines that kept society together when there were a lot less of us and we were a lot less advanced. Shit makes sense. The the homophobia in it, well, in their mind, God said, go forth and multiply. Well, if you were having homosexual sex, you were not multiplying. Yeah. But it is 20 fucking 18. None of that shit makes sense now. <laughs> not a goddamn bit of it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that about the Episcopalian faith. I dabbled in a little bit recently. Um, but I got, I got the fuck out. Um, but <laughs> they're like, we're going to keep all the good stuff. We're going to get rid of all the bad stuff. <laughs> like, keep the rituals, have new interp- interpretations. Yeah. <laughs> well, think about it from a logical standpoint. If God is almighty and created man in his image, well, then he created trans people. He created homosexual people. He yeah. created all these people. Well, why would you punish one of God's other creations? He created these people. Yeah. I like I like envisioning God as trans. There's like a, yeah. There's a libera- liberation theology. I think that's it's a whole strand of Christianity where you envision God as whatever kind of oppressed person that you are. Honestly, I feel like, I mean, I don't believe in God, but if I did, <laughs> I believe God feels like strapping on whatever God feels like strapping on that night. Like, you know what? <laughs> I feel like I would have a pussy tonight. Fuck me. Like, <laughs> tonight I'm going to have a big fucking massive fucking cock. I'm going to fuck some. I'm God. I just, Aliens, however aliens fuck. How chickens fuck. They have like vents. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah, chicken, I don't know anything about chickens this. have like vents and like shoot the semen in between the vents. What? <laughs> this is really interesting to me because because this is the kind of se- I mean that's not the kind of sex I have, but this is the kind of sex I have. Where I, this is my theory. I think that trans women were made to have sex with trans men because their their butt pussies or whatever you want to call their butts, <laughs> their pussies, their holes back there. They fit perfectly, like, line up with a trans guy's clit. So I like to top with my clit like a dick. And it's, I swear, like, it gets up in there a little bit. Like, <laughs> a little bit. But, like the, like, the girl can feel all the energy and everything. I mean, maybe they're just telling me this, but I hear I'm very passionate. And, like, I'll finish, like, up in their hole from, like, fucking like that. And so this vent thing... Sounds very similar because probably most of my <laughs> my my cum, my jizz, my squirt is just like getting in their butt crack, but like there's a little bit of pokage. <laughs> hey, as long as everyone's getting off, fuck yeah, yeah, that's fucking awesome. I know that's it's been the best thing ever. I think you know with trans guys they don't really put that out there. Like 
that that's one of the changes that happens. You know all about the top surgery, but everyone thinks, oh, do you you know are you getting a penis installed? <laughs> I I do stand up. I have a joke about that. The joke is this: a lot of people want to know about the surgery, and so what they actually do, and I don't know like all the specifics, but they take a baby arm. Okay, that sounds bad. No, no, keep they, going. They take a dead baby's arm, and they sew it to your clit. And really, like, for me, the only downside is, is when I go to whip it out, it's like a white baby power fist. <laughs> <laughs> That's my closer right now. When I, I used to close with, like, darker <laughs> humor about, like, incest and childhood trauma, but I, I switched it up. Now I end with white baby <laughs> power fist. <laughs> hey, I just got to perform over the weekend, and that was great. If she really knows you're, do- yeah, you're having a good time. The baby fist will give a thumbs up when it comes out. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, baby thumb is probably a more fair comparison. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm going to ruin you for all other podcasts. You're going to go on some other fucking industry podcasts and they're going to be like, so who do you want to work with? (laughs) Oh my God, right? Yeah. See, I I try to steer away from all that shit. Like, people can go to other media outlets. Uh, (laughs) I've I've yet to even have that bullshit question so don't worry it will come (laughs) enjoy it now before everyone starts asking so who do you want to work with how'd you get in the business do your parents know what you do all the 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 typical bullshit yeah fuck that we we get to the real stuff yeah no that shit's boring i want to hear about how you fucking real life yes look i could feel your energy when i said that i was like yes he's getting excited for it like to get that i know that that's like what you're going for, like, I can feel that's what you're going for with your podcast, get, like, the essence of people. Yeah, no, I want to know the real you. I want to know, like, what's going on in real life. Because porn sex is acting. It, yeah. It's supposed to be aesthetically pleasing to the camera, not pleasurable for anyone involved. Yeah, and that's the hard thing to learn. Like, it's kind of a sobering reality, because when you first start doing it, <laughs> or at least when I first started doing it, I... uh kind of forgot about the camera being there and i was like oh that's a good thing and i was like no that's not a good thing not at all <laughs> so now you know when i do it half of my mind is like on i still want to like feel like i'm doing a good job like you know protect my rep with the performer i want them to be like yeah he's good at fucking but then you know the other half of my brain is like always making sure nothing's blocking anything and doing <laughs> Doing like, these wild positions I wouldn't necessarily do in real life. Right, like, you wouldn't have your leg behind your head and, you know. Yeah. Like, so on the, you know, just all the porn positions, like, I would never fuck like that in real life. I'd pull something trying. <laughs> There's yeah. a reason I've never wanted to be a performer. I know what goes into it. <laughs> yeah, and I turn all red, like, when I do it. I look like I'm sunburned, but I just get really red, I guess, like, because I'm really... <laughs> get athletic at it or maybe i'm just (laughs) out of shape but uh, i was doing like just shot a scene with natalie mars and it was cool because it was her first time shooting with a trans guy and then the people filming it hadn't really shot any straight porn (laughs) she would you know call like venus vagina porn before so there's all these different positions like that the director and the photographer like oh i never you know well the director kind of 
knows some of them because of her own personal life. But I won't say <laughs> it's on a big project that's coming out that you're gonna have to look out for. It's gonna be groundbreaking, a really, uh, really big. My scene is a part of a really big DVD that's gonna be coming out this year, and it'll be a really big deal that there's like a F to M, you know, on it. And I guess people know I've shot a scene with Natalie Mars, so to put the pieces together. You can't tell them what it is yet? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I got in trouble already for like posting something to my OnlyFans. <laughs> I thought, oh, OnlyFans? Well, no. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> the powers that be are like, mm-mm. So no, I, I, they're, they're slowly rolling this stuff out. But it's cool. I, I feel like so included in the trans porn industry, like through the awards and um the the main players in there they've always made me feel really included and so then this is like really people putting their money where their mouth is for trans guy inclusion so it's gonna be a really big year and there's been all kinds of companies shooting trans guys this past year and there's so many trans guys popping up on mini vids and only fans it's so cool that's fucking awesome hopefully we get to a point in the industry where it's not trans porn and straight porn. It's just porn. Yeah. It It's weird. It's like, it doesn't feel right to label what you do as just, this is trans porn. Like, yeah, it sucks. Cause I do really believe, you know, pure taboo will never shoot trans content just because it's not their brand and it's not, yeah, it's not their brand. And that's how we're talking about. That's how the brands are these days. When, I mean, Jessica Drake, Oh, two years ago at Xbiz, she said that she wanted to incorporate trans content into her DVDs. And then this past year, she did Jessica Drake is Wicked. But for whatever political things are going on in the industry, it didn't get like recognition like I thought it would. But it's an incredible scene. Like, but I think it's still like one of those scenes that's segmented because it's kind of like I guess it's more of a showcase. But what she talked about in that meeting was just. A movie where, like you're saying, like there's a trans, trans women, men, women, trans men, just all mixed together, and more of like in the story all together. I mean, uh, that would be incredible. But even for trans guy stuff, we haven't even gotten to the point where it's like, like oh my babysitter is a trans man, or like my stepson is a trans man, or like my daddy is a trans man. We haven't even had any of that stuff yet. Like I. I guess we'll have it, but maybe oh, it'll, not. it'll get there. Don't yeah. worry. All the cliches. My pizza delivery guy is a trans man. Yeah, I'm like, it's still exciting. Like we still have. I mean, I think trans woman porn. A lot of the performers are past, and a lot of the companies are past. Like the reveal. Like, oh, she has a cock. Like we're past that. Like we know she has a cock. But yeah, there's there's, there's yet to be the oh, he has a pussy moment. And actually, in what I shot, it wasn't even like. I made I made the OE has a pussy moment. I made that decision because I said I, I I pulled down my pants and I said you know what do you think, and then Natalie was like I like it or something you know like so we we made those decisions but it's funny to think about like there's so much trans porn trans man porn to be made like even just I mean I guess there's James Darling and Venus Lux they put out like a DVD that was trans guys trans girls which is great because it was kind of the idea of like a romantic thing but that's what I, uh me and betty black and michelle austin and dickie johnson were trying to put out like a transfer trans uh dvd and i guess this next year that'll be more focused on like romance but just whether it's trans guys two trans guys two trans girls or trans guy and trans girl 
but capturing that just like the romantic stuff so that we're kind of like laying the the trope stuff like by the you know wayside we want to have like real trans storylines because more and more trans people are dating each other in real life it's really cool the new york times did this piece about this military couple layla and logan ireland and they're like serving in iraq and he, he he's like serving with like a male unit in iraq and they didn't even know he was trans and this is before like any of the legislation and trans people can be in or they can be out and they really like started this great fad <laughs> no it's more than a fad but like trans people dating trans people it never even occurred to me because like as a trans guy i always feel like I guess I used to define myself as less than man. So I'm trying to do all the things, you know, that are stereotypical men, including like have this like super hot cis chick. But I realized dating other trans people, it's just like the comfort level of dating someone like in your own race or like someone that's the same nationality as you. You don't have to explain things. Yeah. It's, uh, It's so beautiful. I'm sure dating a cis woman, there's questions and they could get old. And with them, they all they all want like a um, they like want a star, like a gold star for like seeing you as a man. Like, oh, you're you're such a man to me, or oh, you're more of a man than any of the cis men that I've dated. <laughs> like, just wild shit. Yeah, it's funny. Or like one of them said to me, when we're about to have sex after getting to know each other for like a month or two. Oh, you have to forgive me. I haven't had sex. I've only had sex with men over the last three years. Like, we talk about, like, a boner kill. Like, you're about to have sex with another dude. Like, right? Yeah. Or the, I'll be trapping trans girls all the time. Like, at the, at the, I'll be there for a trans night, and they just assume that I'm a cis guy there who likes trans women. And I, usually I tell people, like, within, like, the first five seconds I'm trans. Because, like, I want you to know so you don't say any fucked up shit around me. <laughs> it's like, a, it's, a, it's for you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, like take girls out. Like one time I didn't tell her until we're like having Thai like late night after Club Cobra. And uh, she's talking about her surgery or something. And so I was like, oh yeah, for my surgery, you know, my mom came to the, she's like, oh, you tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, she went from like wanting to hook up to like not wanting to hook up. That's fucked up. Yeah, it's so wild. You're like, what? how can you do this when this is what happens to you all the time and you probably feel shit about? Right. You were digging me beforehand. What yes. the fuck? Yes. What the fuck changed here? And you know how this feels for someone to judge you for being trans. So it's it's a trip. But I think it's 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 the vagina thing because I, I, I thought, oh, trans women, well, for a lot of them, they want to have vaginas. I mean, I as a trans guy, I'd love to have a dick. Um and I thought, oh, you should know everything about vaginas. Like, if it was, like, a car or something, you would know all the specificities. But I've hooked up with, like, a trans girl, and we're, like, starting to have sex. And she's like, why is it wet down there? <laughs> it's like, you don't know anything about vaginas? Well, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, actually, you wouldn't even know, I'm sure. But trans women have to, like, lubricate. They have to, they don't self-lubricate, right? yeah. So it's probably just something like out of sight, out of mind. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, well, no, I got to spray. Yeah. I got to put Pam on it or something. <laughs> put some nonstick. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's another reason I feel like trans men are made for trans women, because when I'm fucking her, her ass, it gets lubricated from me. <laughs> it's like perfect. It really is. Like I bring the party. I fuck 
And I lubricate. Yeah. What up? I'll just like, if I'm like fingering a girl or jerking a girl off, I'll just reach down and get some of my lube. Do, 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 do. It's so convenient. It's convenient as fuck. Like, I forget about lube. Like, I never really had to think about lube before. <laughs> it's a motherfucker sometimes. <laughs> you know, it does suck because, like, certain girls will want certain brands and you might not have that and then they're not going to be. Or you don't have any and, yeah. you know, protected sex, even unprotected sex, sometimes people dry out if you're going long enough. And especially if it's been a hard night of drinking and people are dehydrated. I used to just give away my bad dragon lube because I was like, I don't need this. But like, fuck, I need all of it now, now that I'm fucking two girls. Because before that, yeah, it was just two pussies. It's getting juicy. <laughs> Ruining sheets. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to tell you, um, puppy pads. You can get them from the <laughs> 99 cent store. Yeah, someone gave them to me once. <laughs> so I was like, oh, good looking out. Like, that's ingenious. I'm just horribly afraid if it was just a hookup with someone who squirts, they would just fucking take it the wrong way. I know it is like it sucks that they're called puppy pads. We should rebrand them and sell them. Yeah, rebrand them. Squirt pads. <laughs> yes. All oh my. What's up? Oh, what's up? Yes. That is being edited out of the podcast. We have money to make. We don't need to give away these fucking ideas on air. And I'm the perfect spokesperson because I'm Eddie Wood, the squirting man. Is like my my eponym. Eddie Wood branded squirt pads. Oh. <laughs> fucking Adam and Eve can carry them. Oh, sold. Yes, I'm always looking for items at the 99 cent store that I can resell. <laughs> Slap your face on and resell. Can you imagine just Eddie's face in the middle of the pad? Yeah, give you something to aim for. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie's smiling faces you, you squirt on his face. <laughs> yeah, I see like the yeah. The only alternative out there is the sports sheet. And I used to have that with a girlfriend, and it's just like that rubber sheet, and then you wring it out at the end of the night. I would, it would just fill the bathtub. It was just like, oh, <laughs> gross, grody. It was so much squirt, like it was insane. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it's not pee, but like I don't know, hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, if girls have been peeing on me all these years, I still feel accomplished. So whatever, whatever, I will live in fucking. Whatever, it's cool. It's cool. Like the first time, you know, I had a girl square me. It was so unexpected. Oh yeah. I hooked up with this girl. I just had turned twenty one. It was like a a girl I'd known for a while, but it was ended up being like a one night stand thing. We we're at some party in Florida, and everyone else that we were sharing a hotel room took off for the night. And it was just her and I hanging out, and then all of a sudden we're fucking around. All of a sudden we're fucking. And we're going at it, and all of a sudden it's like splash against my balls. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Oh, that's so great. Like, what the fuck? I was like, oh, sorry. I forgot to tell you. (laughs) And then comedy turned into tragedy when I went to go take the condom off and realized that it had broken quite a while back, Uh, and I had finished inside her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, goodness. So that turned into like a 90-day relationship until we realized she wasn't pregnant. So... (laughs) Oh my god, see that's what I I don't know any of that feeling like the pregnancy scare. I mean, I technically I guess I could get but I'm on test like I either was a woman fucking women and couldn't get pregnant and now I'm like a test you know, a guy on testosterone which like you when you start testosterone you sign like informed consent but one of the things is like, yeah, you're going to go sterile. So it's like low key the government's <laughs> program to like sterilize all trans people. <laughs> 
what are you saying? That you're going to have disposable income to see the world, drink, <laughs> and eat awesome meals, and not have some screaming thing right. tying you down to one place? I know what my childhood was like, and it's like, I don't even want to take a chance to like do that to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> That's how much I love kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love other people's kids just fine. Like that that's awesome. I'll happily be the cool uncle to my niece. Like, here's toys. Yeah, yeah this is what you're doing in school. I'm gonna go to the bar now. Bye. Yeah. So yeah, there's they're totally tricks still. Yeah. Well and <laughs> the way education is, the way like society is, I don't know I don't want to bring someone into this world, first and foremost. Secondly, I don't know what values I'd fucking teach them. Yeah, it was a big response. Because, like, you know, at least when I was coming up, it's like, yo, do the right thing. Work hard. You know, pay attention to school. Be respectful to people. And it's like, these days, like, be the best-looking person you can at all times. <laughs> <laughs> that will get you far in society. Yeah. You know, oh, attractive God. people are just handed shit. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me oh, I'm wrong. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's why I couldn't imagine growing up with, Instagram and Facebook is like I was I went to college in 2004 and so I was in that like inaugural freshman class where like Facebook first started like that's how important Facebook is to me but it was a really big deal because I remember well I went to college with my secret high school girlfriend we like roomed together it was such a terrible terrible plan I mean, it was really cool at first. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm like, this was awesome on paper. Yeah. It was really cool when we were just, like, fucking all the time at first. But then, like, I was in, like, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And then I was like, oh, we shouldn't, like, have sex. But then we were, like, having really hot sex on, like, a desk. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to. But, uh. (laughs) Fuck. But, uh, damn it. Now Now the drink is getting to me and I don't even remember. Uh, what I was talking about. Oh, but I went. I went to yeah. I was secret girlfriends and but, Facebook. Oh, and Facebook. And I ha- thank you. I had to do that decision because it said interested in men, women, or you could select both. And it was like I had been dating her secretly for like two years, and uh, I put both. <laughs> it was a big <laughs> deal for me. And then I like came out to the pet band. I was like, I'm bisexual. <laughs> And I still try. I still try to make it happen with dudes, um, but then I, I finally, yeah, I finally came out in my freshman year of college. Yeah, I went home for I went home for fall break, and my parents said, "Where's Meredith?" Because that was the girlfriend. We we're always together. I was like, "Oh, she's she's with Adam at, at Clemson University." <laughs> so she like, yeah, left me for a dude. It was terrible. And then like, I remember like she came back and she's like. I can never be with you because you're not a dude. Well, she probably said man. But, like, that was, like, so heartbreaking, right? So then, like, yeah, fucking seven years later, I find out I can be a dude. It's been a Have you looked her up since? (laughs) Yeah. I, like, hit her up, like, every time I'm, like, back in Lexington, South Carolina. And she still won't. Like, I remember when we broke up, like, I was 18. I was like, maybe when I'm 25, I can see her again. And it hasn't happened, and I'm, like, 32 now. But I, I haven't been home in like three years. But last time I was home, I like hit her up, like yeah. And my mom will run into her mom, and they're we, they're both named Mary. They're both school teachers. Like uh, me and Meredith were always trying to make our moms like become friends. We did the thing where we like invited the other one to like go see a movie together, <laughs> so that they would go on a movie together. 
Yeah. Uh, but I luckily I, I don't I. Okay, every night I dream about my Girl Scout troop, and like I'm like with them, but they're like disappointed in me for transitioning, and then like I'm wearing a dress, but just to like make everyone else more comfortable. <laughs> but I'm like a dude when I'm like wearing a dress, so like I have all this like unresolved stuff. Like like part of me just fantasizes about, and it just happened. I missed my opportunity. Or that was my college reunion. So maybe I can make a high school reunion, but just like going back and being like super hot and everyone being like, who's that? And then be like, oh, that's so-and-so, you know, my girl name. And Or I don't even know. Like maybe they won't even... I just want to... Basically, I just want to be really hot and like I want all the girls that I crushed on in high school who are my friends to, and all the girls that were like way too cool to like even know I exist to be like, oh, he's hot. <laughs> oh, shit. I need that gold star. Yeah. <laughs> would you feel Show bad? Them. Would you feel bad if you went back to your reunion and like some girl you crushed on literally just used you for sex just to say she did it? Would you feel bad about that, or would you? I would somehow find out a way to like rationalize it so I won. <laughs> I, I would like. I would like. I would like make her come, and then I'd be like, "Oh, you fucking faggot!" <laughs> 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 I win. <laughs> Where's your God now? Yeah, I had a premonition that I would be saying this on the podcast, but like everyone in my high school, like you knew which church they went to and which youth group they were in. And there was like two people, like one of my friends, he was like, oh, in my friend group, he was Hindu. And I, I gave him like this love letter from Jesus, like left him on his desk. And then my friend, Emily, like I, tr- she was atheist, and I tried to save her too. It was so, b- but this, see, this is what was happening to me. I was going to like Sunday night youth group, and they're like telling us, "Oh, if you have friends that don't know Christ, you're like during the Holocaust, <laughs> when there was those churches that were singing, and they heard the trains go by of all the Jews going to like be killed, and they just sang louder." <laughs> so they get that guy was hella manipulated. But like, yeah, the the guy he we were never cool after that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can, like what? Like so fucked. Yeah, so fucked. Yeah, that is insanely manipulative. Like, I mean, and this is my problem with organized religion these days. Like, what you do in the privacy of your own home, pray to whoever you want. The minute you are using that spirituality to try to manipulate people into doing something that they're not necessarily into, that's when it's wrong. That's why I'm like, is my brother a genius? Is my brother like a diabolical genius? Because he went to school to be a civil engineer. He completed, like, finished the top of his class, got his thing. But his last year of college, he got the call from God. He said, oh, you're supposed to be a youth pastor. (laughs) So then he went to seminary. But, But it's a really nice gig. Like, he gets so much... I don't like. I think he gets paid. You know, well, whatever. He's not listening to this. He's paid like sixty. This was a starting thing. Like sixty thousand dollars a year plus. He got like twenty five thousand housing allowance plus like a fifteen thousand some other allowance, and all this shit is like tax free. You know, I'm like he figured it out. Yeah, it's a horrible scam. <laughs> there is no reason that any religion should be tax free. Do you know we? We wouldn't be in debt if churches paid their fucking share. Ah, that would be so nice. Like, why? Why did they get to be tax free? And now they're allowed to, you know, preach from the pulpit about political 
support and stuff like that, fuck that. If they are citizens, they should be paying fucking taxes. Yeah. There's no reason that these mega churches should fucking exist. And the the pastor, the preacher has a multi-million dollar aircraft when there's people church. homeless on the fucking street. Yeah. We need porn church. Uh, good enough people to sign up. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the disparities is wild. Sorry, you got me going on religion. No, is, uh, no, I, cu- I cut you off about the religion. You probably should. Dude. I'll go for a <laughs> while. I'll just, like rant, rant, rant. No, I keep bringing it up. You're getting to like all my my deep, dark secrets. Like my, bro- my brother's the successful one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I used to always be like, my, my brother's a preacher. I'm a lesbian. I'm the lesbian. <laughs> hey, I'm sure you get a lot more pussy than he does. <laughs> I feel bad for him because he waited to have sex until he was married. He really waited. And like, I got tea. I got too much. Oh, okay. I was part of like the bachelorette party for my brother's wedding. Like that should have never happened. I bought lingerie from Victoria's Secret for my sister-in-law. <laughs> Like, that's just weird. Like, I mean, big ups to them. They gave me alcohol, like, when I was underage. But <laughs> it was so strange. And then, like, I, I was, like, I peaced out for the sleepover part because they bought, like, a book with, like, all the sex positions. But they really did not have sex until they were married. Like, they wouldn't do more than French kiss because he was scared. Like, it would make him want to have sex. and he couldn't Yeah, because it. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Having sex will make you want to have more sex because it's awesome. Because it feels fucking good. It releases endorphins. For men, it helps us fight prostate cancer. And now he has to take Cialis, like, since he was, like, 26 and married. So it's he, like he kept it down so much he can't get it up. Or maybe he doesn't like women. Oh, my God. You know what? I said that he and his friend Craig was gay. And he got really mad at that when I was in like sixth grade. <laughs> yeah, people comfortable with their sexuality don't get upset at those kind of jokes. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's a youth pastor, so, you know, connect the dots. <laughs> There's no allegations being made. But, but. Yo, Nancy Allison, how much old is he than you? Oh, he's like six years older than I am. So he's under 40 and has needed it for years? Yeah. Something ain't right there. Oh, poor big brother. <laughs> also for the listeners at home, once again, not a doctor. Don't know for sure. <laughs> making wild allegations. <laughs> And it's a shame, but honestly, if he is, it's a shame that he has to live a life. Yeah, that might be why he picked the church. Like, my parents always thought I was going to be the one to go the religious route, because I had, like, a big spiritual awakening. It might have had to do with, like, how hot my counselor was at the camp I got saved at, though, because, like, after I... Okay, the first night you write down on a piece of paper how percentage sure you are that you're going to go to heaven. So that's the trick. If you're saved, you know it's 100%. But like, if you're like a regular person, you're like, well, I did this good thing, I did this bad thing. You're like, 75%. Wait a minute. Doesn't God forgive all as long as you repent? That's what I'm saying. So uh, everyone's going to fucking heaven. That was like my question that night. And I feel like, you know how they do a thing when they pull the questions out of the hat? They totally just skipped over my question. <laughs> It was like, if you're going to get forgiven for anything anyway, like, why don't you just do stuff and then get asked for forgiveness? 
Like, my bad. I yes. didn't mean to attend that orgy. Yes. When I was a kid, like, if I if I hit, like, someone, I'd be like, bad hand. You know, it wasn't on me. <laughs> all, all follow, that is in heaven. I am really sorry I punched that guy. <laughs> really sorry. I'm really sorry I got drunk, puked in my friend's sink. I, I guess the problem is where the percentages, you can't ask for, if you black out and do something stupid, you can't <laughs> repent for it because you don't remember it happened. That's what you just say. I, I, forgive me for all my sins. <laughs> does <laughs> does God ex- accept that cop out? I feel like that's part of like the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> well, seriously, like, that's, uh, that's how I feel like the only way anyone ends up in hell is like, whoops, forgot one. <laughs> forgot to ask forgiveness for that one. Yeah, Whoops. for something stupid like I jaywalked. Some, yeah, I was yes, totally <laughs> same place. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> Can I get a refill and yeah, let's stop for a bathroom break. Of course, but I'm having a lot of fun. Awesome! And we were back from break. Refill drinks, couple smokes. Yeah, feed the vices. <laughs> I'm feeling comfortable. Thank you. Hey. Happy, that is the goal. But I was out there, I was smoking my cigarette, I was like, wow, I might be approaching the level of self-love where I might start considering quitting, but like it never occurred to me before. <laughs> I was like, oh, he said he quit cigarettes. I was like, oh, that's that's good. Oh, that's yeah, it's healthy. Oh, <laughs> usually it's just like, I'm dying. <laughs> well, I quit smoking cigarettes in my early 20s. And I was so wildly out of shape at that point. Like, I was getting winded walking up flights of stairs. I was coughing up bloody mucus all the time. Uh, I was a heavy fucking smoker. Like, lighting cigarettes off cigarettes. My late teens, early 20s, I was definitely a coffee house kid. And then I moved into, like, when you could still smoke indoors in bars. So I'd be, like, in the bar, just... That was the best. Oh, we used to get smoke cigarettes inside the, the one gay club we would go to. Pantheon. And like I would always come home with like uh, cigarette holes in my clothes because everybody dancing on the on the dance floor with cigarettes. Ah, so great! Like it'll never happen again, you know. I know. <laughs> Kids these days will just never know secondhand smoke. <laughs> but there's good and bad things about not being able to smoke indoors these days. On one hand, back when you used to be able to smoke indoor, I used to meet women by leaving the fucking pack on the bar. And I'd have girls roll up and be like, hey, can I bum a smoke? And then, like, instant icebreaker. Yes, I love that part of it. But on the downs, uh, well, on the upside of these days, when a you know, female smoker or you know, your, the gender you wish to approach yeah. <laughs> goes outside to smoke, like, oh, they may be separated from the rest of their friends and it's a good opportunity to slide out there, light one up yourself, yeah. and start up a conversation. It, it, it's good and bad. I look when I when we landed in Cuba when I studied there abroad. Uh, the first thing we saw was like some Cuban flight attendants lighting up cigarettes directly below a no smoking sign, and so we just rolled up. And even though we couldn't speak any Spanish, it was like you know, oh, can you light a cigarette? You know, da-da. just make the the hand motion like <laughs> yeah. So I've been to Cuba too. We t- oh, that's about, so cool. We talked about this briefly oh, at the yeah. uh, the Alt Porn Awards. So how long ago were you there? I was there in 2007 and in uh, 2009. Very cool. I need to go back. I want to go back too. You know how cheap flights are still from LA? What are they? Oh, God. Like 400 Uh, round trip. I think I found them in September for like 
370 round trip from LAX. Holy shit. So, yeah, fuck. The thing stopping me is the passport thing because it just seems like a lot of... I, I mean, I guess I could just apply for a passport as a female. But I don't know. Well, <laughs> you gotta go to South Carolina and get the birth certificate. You're assuming like the Cuban customs are really gonna pay attention that much to an American passport. That's true. Yeah, they don't really pretend. They pretend like they're not there anyway. When they <laughs> they do that, when they stamp the piece of paper inside your passport. Well, since, or like they just stamped an extra piece of paper. Well, since I'm, you know, I went after we were allowed to go. Uh, like, oh, I actually have a Cuban stamp. I did that the second time I went. I was like, fuck it. And she's like, really? You want me to? Yeah. And then I found out, oh, they might harass you if you're like in Honduras or something and they see that you've been in Cuba. But never happened. No, no. I, I'm most happy to, like, I'm happy to get a stamp from everywhere I've been. I'm really bummed that when I was traveling within the EU, like if you're doing within EU flight, you don't have to go through fucking customs. I'm like, yeah. God damn it, I went to Germany and fucking Finland. I don't have stamps. Yeah, it's the same thing for like Honduras, Nicaragua, and Guatemala, and El Salvador. It's like all open borders. Because I did I backpacked from Panama to Guatemala after I graduated from college, and that was dope. Tell me about it. Like, um, The first day I was there, I got bit in the face by a dog. <laughs> my, my relative's dog like got lost in translation. Like, don't touch the dog. It was like this Dalmatian, and it, I, I put on my hand to pet it, and then it just came up and bit me in the face. So, like, the whole first two weeks I was there, everyone was just like, what happened to your face? Because <laughs> it had this huge bandage on it. Um, but it, it was dope. I did it in my my female form self, like, when I was a lady. And everyone was like, oh, you're going by yourself? And I was just like, yeah, like, what? you get one of those, like, travel books, and you're straight, you're good. So I just... Took like they call them like chicken buses all uh, all the way up, and Guatemala City was kind of like the wildest place. Well, I also stayed in the capital of Honduras. Those are like both pretty scary <laughs> cities. But like I didn't really know until afterwards. But uh, well, I kind of knew I was there. You would see bodies just like on the sidewalk, just like beat up and just like passed out. Like, just people got the shit kicked out of them. Not yeah. like corpses, but just people Yeah, that... just people beat up, yeah. Or, like, inside, like, an ATM booth, just, like, passed out. Like Holy shit. Yeah, drinking was, like, a big problem. And then also, like, I found out, like, a big problem while I was there was, like, the buses, the chicken buses, like, going off the side of mountains. Because, like, people would just, like, let their sons or their, like, sons drive them and they wouldn't have licenses. It was, like, weird because I'm, like, reading, I'm, like, on a bus, like, reading a newspaper in Spanish and, like, trying to translate it. And I'm realizing it's, like, saying, like, uh, you know, bus deaths, like, at a high, like. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Uh. And then I was, like, at this one hostel that Che Guevara stayed at. So I wanted to stay there. It was like this hippie commune. It had like all these expats. And there was this old dude. Like we were always just smoking each other out. And then uh, this old dude, missing teeth, handed me a joint. And I think it was like laced with PCP. Because I started smoking. I was like, oh, this must be, you know, I'm just not used to like how strong this is. And then I was like, I had to sit down. And then I was like, I have to go back to my room. And then trying to like unlock the door to my room, I passed out and I pissed myself. <laughs> And then I'm like trying to explain in like broken Spanish like what's going on to the to the manager and I just lock myself in my, my room for the rest of the night. But oh my god, yeah. 
it was like three or four days before I was supposed to go back, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like in like an internet cafe, like googling my symptoms. <laughs> like, how am I dying right now? <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I met up with this one Spanish woman. She's like, "Oh, you smoke crack?" <laughs> I, I have no idea. Yeah, what I smoked, but it it was wild. Yeah, but I know it was dope. I got my scuba diving license along the way. Trying to think, I don't think I like hooked up with anybody that whole trip though. That's a bummer. Oh wait, no, I lie. The first time, yeah, the first place I stayed in Panama, I hooked up with this Swedish girl. But then I tried to hook up with her again, and she said I was too easy. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, we're going out again to the bars, so I'm like holding her hand and stuff because I'm like, you know, I'm like a boyfriend type. But yeah, no. Then most of the time, like people just thought I was disgusting because I didn't shave my legs. <laughs> And, like, wouldn't wear a bra. (laughs) So you just got to learn to hit it and quit it. Yeah, that's what I figured out with, like, trans women. You know, all this evolutionary bullshit, or maybe it's real. They'll be like, that. you know, the trans woman would have more of a mindset of hit it and quit it, and I have the more of the mindset of, like, wanting to boo up. And so I had to figure that out, like... Yeah, that never happened to me before when I was a lesbian, you know? Uh, if you're a lesbian, then you just, like, together for, like, nine months. And if you, like, hook up once. And with this, it was like, yeah, I was having sex with girls, and then they, like, weren't calling. <laughs> I had to, like, tell my therapist about it. And she's, yeah, I never knew there was, like, a thing where you just, like, have sex and, like, never talk again. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> there are people I've had sex with where I really wish they'd disappear in a flash of light after I had an orgasm. Just like, poof, I wish. Really? Oh, my God. I make some poor sex choices sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I'm a little drunk. They're a little... We're both a little easy. Not, it's, not the, it's not on them. I can't just put it on them. We're both a little easy. And I finish, and I'm like, why did I... The minute the poison's out. The minute. Uh, that's what I realized, too, with these gr- these tea girls. I can't let them come first or they won't be interested <laughs> in continuing. <laughs> yeah, it's like part of my routine now. I got to make sure I get mine first. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That is so funny. <laughs> you have unlocked one of the great secrets in life. Never let... The person with the penis get off first. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. That's too good. Yeah. And then, like, with me, like, I have the combination of, like, you know, multiple orgasms. And then also with, like, the testosterone sex drive. So it's just crazy. Like, yeah. But I I have to make sure I get the big one. (laughs) And, like, one of my girlfriends will be like, oh, I think that was the big one. I'll be like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. No, you'll know it's when it's the big one, like the earth is shaking. I'm just like, Ugh. is the far wall wet? <laughs> is that wall still dry? That was not the big one. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Yeah, I need to put. That's how I was. I was, I was stripping at this like sex or transfer trans sex party that I throw, and I was telling everyone if they were in the front row, they were in the splash zone. It's like a Gallagher fucking performance. <laughs> yeah. These sheets and raincoats in the first row. That's all. Yeah, I'm gonna charge for the raincoats. That's how I get my money. Any wood raincoats. I love it. Oh, I yes. We're getting you all these marketing ideas during the show. Yeah, I know. I've been wanting to have a jizz jizz towel, and then I want to have like wooden 
like spanking up uh implements and then like even one that like is a wooden paddle with like the word wood cut out of it so then leaves <laughs> leaves the wood name on the butt yeah property of wood <laughs> yeah like I need to have like a lumber. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's two, I just live in South LA, and there was like this downed uh, electricity pole or like telephone pole, and I was. <laughs> I also acquired this chainsaw, so I was just like, I'm gonna do this like photo shoot out there with the chainsaw, like with Eddie Wood. It never, it never happened. Oh, it can still happen. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm a hella hoarder. I have like a wheelchair right now, like. Someone in my apartment complex threw it out, and I was like, I can use this for porn. So then I had this scene where, like, I'm, like, handcuffed to the <laughs> to the wheelchair, and there's, like, a T-girl, like, with her leg, or, like, her feet are, like, on the arms of the wheelchair, and she's just, like, fucking my face. It's so great. And I had, like, a collar on, and I had, like, this hospital blanket, but then, like, because of physics, I puked. <laughs> it was so bad. Does that technically make the scene obscene at that point where like the vomit happens? We usually we just cut around it. Good plan. Solid plan. You don't want to end up like Max Hardcore and go to jail for you know obscene material. Yeah, no. Oh god. Yeah. It's not really my demographic. <laughs> Had to throw away the hospital gown. It was bad. Oh no. I blame the I blame the choker or like the collar. Well, cause like for my first shoot with Michelle Austin for trans guys, which is like where I really got my start. I had a collar on for the photo shoot. Like this, I still had like this white collar with like jewels on it. And then this other person, Natasha Jones, who just passed away, she was in the room and she was like, Michelle, weren't you trying to get like really masculine guys for your, for your website? Which is funny that like my, Oh, I'm going to have my first like photo shoot. Let me get my white collar ready. <laughs> <laughs> so trying to butch it up. <laughs> I want to circle back, back to your international travels. Cause travel is a big passion of mine. So I always, I'm yeah. always curious about travel. So what brought you to Cuba in the first place? They had a study abroad, uh, program for political science and I wanted to study abroad but I studied Latin in college so it was one of the few ones that was in English and it was for my major so I remember finding out about the trip and like I just like started crying like I f- I believe in this like these things happen like I felt like this was just something that I had to do and I like called my parents and talked to them about it and I like even was like able to show them like oh it would actually be cheaper for me to study abroad in Cuba than to like pay to live in like Charleston and go to school, and I like, had all scholarships and shit like that, so they they didn't really have to do much, and they're like, all right, yeah, and uh, I don't even know what it, it wasn't like I was obsessed with Cuba or anything. It was really just that I could study abroad with English, but then being in Cuba, like their whole like origin story is about resisting. American imperialism. Well, for Spanish imperialism, then American. Yeah, yeah. Like, they have a long-standing tradition of fighting people off. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, every time we'd have a question, they would be like, well, in 1848, <laughs> the Monroe Doctrine, like, <laughs> you know, like, Manifest Destiny, like, everything always went back to that. And so for me, I mean, it was a huge experience because it was the first time being outside of the country, but it was like being in a place where 
conceptions of time and space and what was what was important everything was just different i didn't know there could be an alternative to you know all all the things that i just assumed were givens in the u.s so i just you know al- alternatives to capitalism and i mean they got rid of religion with the revolution and they only recently like let it back in so there's not that whole pool it's just it's just incredible i just i mean even even the professor I had there, like, he, he treat I wasn't transitioned yet, but he treated me like I was a guy. I can look back at it, and I've seen him since I transitioned. He's the reason that I did the whole backpacking trip through Central America. I met up with him in Guatemala for the Human Rights Conference. and Or, or, some, or no, the, the, the America's Social Forum. And I got to meet up with him there. But he always, he, he would always be like, oh, you're, you're my tiger. Like, there was, like, three guys and me. And he was like, oh, you're my four tigers. Like, I... I don't know. I got to be like openly. Le- I mean, I was openly lesbian at home, but it was it was wild. Like just me being the American lesbian there. I just got to meet girls, and like I couldn't speak any Spanish, so they just assumed that I was like charming. I had my guitar, so I would just play and like be silly. I got like six different girls when I was there. It was crazy. Like I is like the best time of my life. I turned twenty one while I was there. Um, we found weed to smoke while we were there. We sold weed to other people on our trip for like way overpriced shit while we were there. Every night, um, I would go hang out with this, this group of Cubans and they're like, Oh, we go hang out in the office. Well, the office was just this little patch of grass in between in the median of the road next to cafe G. And like, we get like a bottle of rum for like literally $3 and we would just sit out and play guitar and and laugh and and just yeah every night. I guess I never even really felt like I had a, like a group of friends like that before. I just it was like artists. It was just it was so romantic, you know. Everywhere you were going, there was young Cubans like playing "Zombie" by the Cranberries on their guitar. Like it was everywhere. Like Cafe G, you could get like mojitos for fifty cents. Go watch. Uh, soccer games at the university. It, yeah, it, I love it. I absolutely love, it. and that's why I went to grad school because I thought, well, one of the ways you can go back to Cuba is if you study it. So I was like, oh, I'll just get my PhD and study Cuba, and that way I can go back to Cuba. But then when I went back the second time, I went with the uh, inner. It's like this pastors for peace company or not company they're basically a company but it's uh interdenominational church leaders and they've been going to cuba and breaking the embargo for like almost 30 years and so i went back with them and i realized oh you don't have to have a phd <laughs> really i mean i still went and tried to get the phd thing i got a master's and left because ucla sucks um but uh i just yeah it was like this alternative form of everything like no one has dispensable income. You don't. You, you go to someone's house. They don't have knickknacks. They would never have this many books, and they would have like a boombox maybe, or like two chairs. It's just like no one has anything that is disposable. Like I wouldn't even know where you would go to buy clothes if you were a Cuban. So everything is just. It's like food, and it's dancing, and it's drinking, and it's family. Like, yeah, I I loved it.
Oh, I, I love the meals down there. I we went out dancing, we went out drinking. Oh, so much fun. Did you go to turf? No. <laughs> Everyone would be like, "Oh, we heard the Americans are going to turf tonight." <laughs> What's it's like turf? this uh, a, a dance club. What part of Cuba were you in? We're just outside of Havana. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah. I, it's down by the waters in Havana, or was it called Vedado? But it's like not, there's old Havana, and then it's like not old Havana, but it's maybe. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't really know exactly where our Airbnb was. <laughs> like, all I know is one night our hosts, our Airbnb hosts were like, oh yeah, there's a dance club like a mile. So we like kind of wandered the neighborhood so we found this motherfucker. Oh my God. I know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> and it was crazy. Like we rolled up and they're like, yo, how many of you that? Like it was mostly a dude's trip. Like my one buddy brought his wife, but otherwise it was all of us were just dudes. Yeah. And they're like, you got to bring girls in with you. So pick some girls out of the line and bring them in with you. We're like, really? <laughs> this is the polar opposite of American clubs. Uh, American clubs, they let girls in and we'd be fucked. <laughs> and they also saw the American De Niro. Yeah. They're like, oh. oh, yeah. The Americans are the party. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I've told this story on air before, but I ended up hooking up with a girl who I, I feel is an opportunist. One of my friend, other friends is swears up and down she was a prostitute. <laughs> well, we're dancing the night away. Like, I'm buying her and her friend drinks. We're having a great time. Buccaneros? Yes! And Crystal. Buccanero Max. And uh, Crystal. <laughs> Fucking Crystal. Like just Crystal. Crystal, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Crystal's for the ladies, Buccaneros for the boys. Oh, shit. Well, I was drinking a bunch of Crystal. <laughs> oh, they must have been talking so much shit about us in Spanish. <laughs> Well, because the Airbnb had a bar like built into it. Yes, like, so did ours. When we were studying abroad, we had a freaking bar inside the dorm. <laughs> well, we, we ran a mansion. We didn't realize That's it was so a fucking dope. mansion. And it had a bar and like had a bar staff. And oh they had Christmas. Oh, it was insane. So great. It was 5.40 a night for a 10-bedroom, 11-bath house <laughs> that had a house staff. Like, they charged us for it, but they'd cook us breakfast every morning. Yes. Like, they did a pig roast for us. Like, oh killed God. a pig on the property. Oh, my God. I actually... I stabbed the pig a bunch of times. It sadly did not die. Holy shit. It oh, was, my God. It was, That's a weird sensation. <laughs> I felt like I do not regret stabbing the pig. Like <laughs> I'm very much of the opinion, if you're going to eat meat, you shouldn't be afraid to see how it's made. Yeah, I feel you. Totally. Like, you're a complete hypocrite. <laughs> you are willing to eat an animal, and you're not willing to kill it for that. Like I'm not killing it because I enjoy killing it. I just feel it's morally reprehensible to be like, Yep, my meat only comes in shrink wrap. Yeah. Like, I need to it, I need to be honest with where my meat fucking comes from. Yeah. And I also felt it would have been rude to our hosts who were like, it's an honor to kill the pig. Oh, totally. You don't want to be rude to the host. I, but I do feel bad that I fucked it up and it did not go quietly <laughs> into the night. That motherfucker did not go quietly into the night. I'm, I'm sorry, piggy. <laughs> sorry. But so back to the, the bar. <laughs> Dancing with this girl all night, and it's getting to be about last call. And she's translating through my friend, like, "Yeah, I'll take him home. We'll have a good time." I'm like, "Fuck yeah, it's on." And then my other buddy was like, "I'm bringing the girl back to the house." I'm like, "Well, then I'm going to bring this girl back to the house and her friends." Went back to the house. Like when it was there, when it was time to seal the deal, like we're fucking around in my bedroom. Like, she's like, "Stop for a second, Matt." And then she said something in Spanish, like. 
Spanish, un poquito. Do you want to fuck me? I'm like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, that I understand. <laughs> She's like, can you help out my family? Yes, I heard that when I was there too. I'm like, how would you like me to help out your family? And the reason I don't feel she was a pro is she didn't have a number like there. Like, I know sex workers. Yeah, no, it was more of a like you're an American, she's Cuban, you're having sex situation. Right. It was it was a oh shit. This is like this guy's a baller. He he makes a lot of money. She was a, she said she was a teacher. You know, the average Cuban salary is 40 US a month. Oh, I thought it was even less. I I've heard like doctors make like 8 8 US a month. That crazy. That's insane. I and this is this the average Cuban salary. I have yeah. no idea what teachers make. But she hit me up with twenty bucks. Yeah, no, I gave I gave lots of girls twenties, and like, yeah, just bu- bus fare to get home, like taxi to get home. It's nothing. It's nothing. I live in LA. That is less than the price of two drinks that I would happily buy you in a bar. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we're gonna bone now. Oh yeah, and the audience sadly has heard this too. I felt really bad. I popped so fast. <laughs> well, she was hot as fuck. But I'd also been on the trip for like five days. And because of the lack of water pressure and being surrounded by a bunch of dudes and no pornography, I hadn't cleaned the pipes in a little while either. <laughs> so I was a little backed up and uh, hot Cuban girls tried not to. Uh, I finished quick. <laughs> I'm sorry, girl. No, I had, I had lots of... Fun experiences with the ladies in Cuba. One of them, because uh, there's nowhere to hook up, we would just hook up in the park. But she was trying to tell me, like through Spanish, like one time, like, "Oh, if you just wear like a skirt, it'll be easier for us to hook up," <laughs> you know. And I was like, "Oh, you're not gonna catch me in a skirt." And then this one time, I went out to the club with my friend and her friend Julio. Julio is gay. As we're dancing all night, it's cool. We go back to Julio's place to stay, and he pulls the mattress off his bed, and we sleep. Me and the girl sleep on the bottom of the mattress, and he's on the his bed. He gives us like night shirts. Then I start hearing them like giggling, and I realize they're like making out, and I'm like, okay. And so we all start like hooking up, and like I'm total lesbian at this point, and so I'm trying to tell them in like broken Spanish, like, okay, I'm down to like hook up, but like. Don't penetrate me. And so, like, the whole time we were, like, messing up, messing around, the girl's like, no, Julio, no. (laughs) No penetration. (laughs) And then the the next day we're, like, talking about it. And you know how there's the whole, like, Kiero thing? It's like, I want, but I like, or, like, I love. And so she's like, do you care, you know, quieres uh, Julio? And I was like, yeah, he's, like, your friend, you know, like, sure. And she got mad. And I was like, "What?" And I was like, "What? We? Why did? Why did you? Why are you like? We had sex with Julio last night. Like, don't you want him? Don't you like him like that?" And she's like, "He's my friend. We needed a place to stay." <laughs> so we totally just like bowed her friend Julio so he could have a place to stay. <laughs> wow, Cuban landlords must have it made. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like, no, but we were in his parents' house, and we like, were like sneaking in, you know? That's fucked up. Like, we're <laughs> friends, but we needed a place to stay, so I blew him. Like, what? It's like, fuck, I, I never imagined there would be like a guy like rubbing his cock like between my ass cheeks, you know? 
<laughs> I'm just trying to. And then this is the. Oh yeah, this is the one I really. The first night I was there, I went to Club Turf, and like in my broken Spanish and my drunkenness, I'm just like, "Donde están?" <laughs> or I think I was like, "Donde estas las lesbianas?" Found one, found one, and uh, she ended up taking me. We took a taxi, me and her, and then a guy on my trip and his girl. We all went back to her place by the beach. And, like, I had, like, my little fanny pack on that, that you keep your passport on and your money. And they're like, don't ever take it off. So I remember, like, fucking. But, I like, I still had my passport bag on because I was like, they said, don't take it off. And then, like we, like, we come. And then she, like, takes me downstairs. And then she, like, shows me, like, oh, this is my, like, six-year-old son. Like, like pictures of him and stuff. And then we're trying to call a, a taxi ride to get back before breakfast so they don't know that we were gone. And uh, they ended up getting some money off of me for gas. But it was the whole, like, uh, the Little Miss Sunshine thing where we're outside the BMW Beetle and we're like, she's trying to start it. And we had to get behind and we push it, push it. We all jump in. <laughs> oh, no. And we got back right in time for breakfast. But, oh, my God. I don't even know how I survived that. Yeah. It was so wild. <laughs> Cuba is a wild place. It, it it definitely tops it for me of places like that are just so different than anywhere else I've ever been. It's, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I obviously encounter it. Are the Cubans hostile to homosexuality? Like, This is the funny thing. Like that night, people were telling me like, don't hold hands with her in public. Not because they give me a hard time because I'm a foreigner but they would give her a fucking hard time because she because she's a you know a national and i just saw a lot of that like we would be at the beach and like like black cuban people would come up and talk to us and the cops would come and they would tell the kids to get lost because they're like really like uh aggressively trying to make sure cubans don't rip off tourists but uh another like Mariela Castro, Raul's daughter, she's super pro-transsexual, pro-homosexual, uh, pro-like ending AIDS or like giving money to like AIDS research and that kind of stuff, which is crazy because uh, you know allegedly or I guess really they they fucked up a bunch of gay people and like sent them to the island of youth or like I don't know. Uh, Castro did apologize though in like 2011. He apologized for the mistreatment of gays in Cuba, but uh, it seemed I don't know. It was just the wildest thing that that they would people would just be like, "Oh, you're a les- lesbian. Here's this lesbian that I brought for you." <laughs> like it was just it was insane. It would, it would have literally happened like that. It was just like. There's only like ten lesbians in Cuba, but like I got to like meet all of them. Like, I banged a good seventy percent of all the lesbians <laughs> yeah. in Cuba. Yeah, and one of them I was like hooking up with her at her house, and she's like had her CD player, and she had like two CDs, and like she was like, "Do you want to listen to Enya or Enigma?" <laughs> what the fuck? And I was like, "This can't get we can't get more lesbian than this week shit." Like, do you want to light oh some candles god. while we do yeah, it too? Yeah, I felt like that. Oh my god. So funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> oh, fucking Cuba. I would love to go. I got to go back. Like, yeah. Me too. I I, I got to go back. A couple of my friends were talking about going for, like, just a weekend trip. I'm like. That's not long enough. I know. It's like, if I'm going to do all that commuting, do I really just want to be there for, like, 72 hours? I mean, it'll be 72 hours of not sleeping and just being crazy people. But 
but if you go longer, then you can like go to different parts of the island. I really actually wanted to go to Santiago de Cuba and like go to Castro's final resting place. Yeah. But when we were there, you know, I was there last year and it was only like a four hundred dollar flight. In country, it was two hundred to fly to like Santiago de Cuba for a day. I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm not spending fifty percent of what it took to get here. I saw some guys there like renting cars. I never tried to do that there, but that would be dope. Rent a car and drive around. Oh my god! I just was uncertain of what it's like in between cities there. Like what the gas situation's like. That's a good point. Oh my god! Like the last thing you want to do is be like, we're in the fucking jungle. Car broke down. Cool. No <laughs> cell service. Uh, barely, barely, barely speak Spanish. Were your credit card like could you use your credit cards or debit cards there nope no. loaded yeah, up so on cash like, yeah it's so wild and then like if you run out of money you can get up to three hundred dollars per quarter because of the remittance law just like of people like i get you know working in america and sending money back to cuba there's some like certain amount but yeah it was wild. We had to train. We had to change all our money to euros because they were really penalizing the American. Yeah, they still do that. Right they still there's still an extra. It's three percent for any exchange uh, to CUC, and then another ten percent for the USD. I exchanged to Great Britain pounds before I went. I went to pound sterling because that was the best exchange rate between that and the Cuban peso. Yeah, so wild. Everyone else did euros. Some people did Canadian dollars, but all of us exchanged out of USD before we went there. Yeah. It's so wild. Oh, it's so wild. I love that. I have a fr- There's a trans guy there right now, or he just got back, St. Vincent. He's a he's really a trailblazing trans guy in porn um, who hasn't gotten all the recognition he deserves. But he was there, and he was, like, updating his Instagram. I mean, still paying for the internet that he was using, but that oh, it was just so wild to me. Like, it's, I mean, we, we, we could get internet when I was there, but, you know, you had to go, like, to the hotel, like, uh, Havana Club. I got to celebrate my 21st birthday at Havana Club. That was That's so awesome. Dope. It was so dope. And like the one girl out of all the girls in Cuba that I, I really like, she she was my date. It was so dope. Jillian. <sighs> but then she's like, you know, like it's funny, like Facebook has been in Cuba forever. <laughs> like longer than like anything else. Like when I was there in like 2007, they like had Facebook. And so I was able to like Facebook message back and forth with her because she would get like internet between like, 11 p.m. to like 2 a.m. off her brother's internet, you know, and uh, she's like, "Oh, so you're like a dude now?" <laughs> you broke her heart, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, she broke mine. Julian Treyas, and when I went back in 2009, I met up with her again, and we hooked up, but then she wasn't really feeling it, probably because I looked like a dude. No, I was still a lady, but. I don't know. Maybe she could feel the energy. <laughs> That's a shame. Oh, yeah. I was head over heels. And <laughs> never mind. I can't say that. No. <laughs> she, 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 I was turning 21 that year, and she was like still in high school. But they go to 13th grade. But the age of consent there is like 16, I think. <laughs> but it was like she, <laughs> she was, yeah. That, that was kind of suspicious on my part, but I was a lesbian. We don't, you don't know about these things until you become a man. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, it's just two girls. <laughs> it's not predatory. 
<laughs> but it was terrible. She like yeah was like had the school uniform and everything and would come see me after school. Dirty, dirty, I dirty. Our first yeah. Oh never mind. I was I almost got her confused with another girl. But another girl there. <laughs> our first night was like I would be like tree and she'd be like El Arbor. I'd be like car. She'd be like El Alto. You know, like just teaching me. <laughs> Teaching you Spanish the easy way. And then... <laughs> yeah, uh, Cuba was too good for, too good to me. Yeah. Well, you should go back. You should figure out a way. What I really want to do is... My dream, my dream porn is to shoot porn in Cuba. Because there's a place on the Malacan. Malacan in 25th. So if you were... You might have been right, but did, were you on the Malacan? Like, it's where the water is? Like, No, we were definitely more inland. Ah. So everyone just hang. It's like I'm from Charleston, South, or I'm from South Carolina. Charleston, South Carolina has the battery, and it's like right there next to the water. And they have that in Cuba. It's the Malacan. It's like a wall right next to the water. You look up and you see Miami. We definitely hung out around there a couple but, times, but. Yeah. And so every. Yeah, they still great because everyone hangs out there. You can drink out there, and uh, people come around and sell stuff. And so on 25th and Malacan is where all the transvestites and the trans women and the cross-dressers hang out. And, oh, God, I just I want to go hang out and, like, find some and shoot porn with them and, I don't know, break the embargo. <laughs> uh, it's such a fucking shame that they're making it more difficult to go back to Cuba. Yeah, that's what I've heard. At least there are still direct U.S. flights now. That's pretty insane, yeah, that we don't have to... Because before, you just go through Mexico, or you go through the Bahamas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the, the way we, we ended up in Cuba, a buddy of mine and I had been talking about it for like over a decade. Oh, shit. What yeah. inspired me was, of all things, a fucking Playboy article. That's dope. I uh, One of the correspondents from Playboy had gone there and like did a review of like Kessel... Uh, yeah, the restaurant de particulares and yes, they're so good. They're incredible. And I was just enthralled with the idea of a place where I can go and there's no fucking Americana. Yeah. No McDonald's, no Starbucks. Fucking everything is, you know, yeah. its own little like mom and pop shop. Yes. Everything has its own flavor. I didn't even look for internet while I was there. I'm like, I'm staying off the fucking grid. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And we've been talking about it for like a decade and you know, Gateway and through other countries was always a little expensive, and we just kept putting it off. And then we were talking about it again, and I was like looking at flights for gateways, and then I was able to find a direct flight from the states. I'm like, oh shit, there's direct flights from the states yeah. now. We're oh my god, four hundred dollars. We are going to fucking Cuba. It's insane. It cost me four hundred dollars to go to South Carolina. Oh no, what's crazier is when I went, I had to lay over in New York City. It was more expensive to fly to New York, just to New York from L.A. <laughs> than it was to Havana. Havana. Oh, like, my God. What how does this fuck? work? Like, next time I go to New York, I'm booking a flight to Havana yeah. and just getting off. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. It. Oh, my God. It was. Ugh. Yeah, I was always getting, like, nervous when it was opening up so much because, you know, I want I want to be the only cool American that got to go to Cuba, you know? And so I'm kind of happy that it is closing off again. And, I mean, well, it's not like Cuba wants Americans there necessarily. Cuba just doesn't want an embargo. Embargo's horrible politics. It is. It is. And, but, but it's 
fucking amazing the Cuban people like what they have managed to cobble together with through the embargo yeah. cars that are you know older than our parents still fucking running being held together with Russian steel and oh yeah I'll tell you my my professor Umberto in Cuba he said there's a uh, joke joke is uh, <laughs> you you don't let a guy borrow your car before you let him borrow your wife because you, you know what he'd do to your wife but you have no idea what he could do to your car <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. It's so good. It's so real. And you know, it'd be like guys on the side of the like a side on the street just like refilling lighters. Like <laughs> like cuz there's only a limited supply of those stupid little plastic lighter pouches, you know. It's so wild. So oh, wild. everyone is on a fucking hustle there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've talked about this on the show before, but we bought counterfeit cigars. Yeah. We ended we did a cigar tour. As we walk out of the cigar tour, this dude, this tour guide who has a tour with him, rolls up to my buddy like, "Yo, man, you want factory cigars? Much cheaper." Oh yeah, everybody's got a cousin that works at the factory that's giving them like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so we walk two blocks into like the barrio, into someone's apartment, like nine of us into some dude's apartment, <laughs> and they start breaking out boxes of boxes of cigars, and we end up buying a bunch. And like some of them were decent, some of them were just absolute. Oh, hot no. garbage but it was hilarious at one point they're having problems in the box and my buddy busts out a knife and they're whoa man whoa 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 <laughs> no mafia in cuba oh my god like oh, whoa no. whoa no we're helping you open the box man we're not robbing you yeah, no, everybody's got a black market connection in cuba you have to oh yeah everyone's on a hustle you have to yeah as I told people that asked me about it, like there is definitely at least three different economies going on there. Yeah. There's like the flat, friendly tourist economy where it's all CBC and set prices, and if you stay in parts of Havana, it's yeah. You, know, you and, can never see you can never see a local anything. Right, and then there's the Spanish. You speak Spanish. You're willing to go away from the tourist area economy where things are for haggle. You know, generally still in CUC, a little overpriced, but still cheaper than what the tourists are paying. And then there's the real Cuban economy. Like one of my buddies hooked up with a girl and they went out one night and they found one of those rooms where, yeah, you know, they hooked up for the night and she's like, don't talk. Yes. I received that instruction as well when I was there. Well, and my boy Dave yes. kind of looks like a San Fuego. Like he yeah. really does look like San Fuego a little bit. So he could partially passed for cuban he just didn't talk like he opened his mouth and the price went up 100 percent. yeah it was like gonna be five bucks for the night and then like he opened his mouth like 15 yep yep that was they put me in uh was it sardines is that what they call it? like the the taxi or it's not real taxis just people drive their cars up and down the main streets yeah yeah and they told me oh don't open your mouth or it'll yeah cost more so wild it's so crazy yeah ah oh, fuck yeah, just everything's on a haggle. No cabs have meters. It's like, yeah. <laughs> we got a ride back from some dude at one point. Like, Oh, we, yeah. We rolled up to like a taxi stand, and like we're, they're like, oh, that's too far. And some dude's like, I got you. Yes. And we jumped in his car, and it's like, as we're driving, like, this is just some dude's car. <laughs> we are just paying some dude. Yes. <laughs> and you see, like, the, the, the women, they'll just, like, stand on the side of the street, and they'll just fly down cars, and they'll just get free rides. So great. Oh, so Cuba's an amazing place. 
So how does Central America compare to Cuba? Because I haven't I haven't been there. Oh, interesting thing is dollar the especially in like Panama, but probably all over Central America, the U.S. dollar is king. Like they would prefer like it's a if they see you with U.S. money, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. They they want it. They prefer it. I guess I don't. It doesn't even seem like it has the difference between like CUC and the national peso that Cuba does. But yeah, nobody was ever angry when I pulled out just a U.S. Well, because they know it's backed by imperialist asked America. They're like, imperial America ain't going nowhere. This dog, <laughs> our government may collapse. We've seen a couple. And I remember I was trying to pay for something in Guatemala and I had like a Honduras bill. They all looked the same to me. And the, but the people in Guatemala were like, what is this? Like, this is so weird. And that would just like surprise me that they felt so separate from Honduras. Or is it like, they all seem the same to me, you know, like as a tourist, like traveling through there. Hey, try to pay someone in Canadian dollars. <laughs> You'd probably yeah. get the same thing. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I, what? I don't even know what this similarities and differences would be i know it's something that's in common which is terrible i both i felt at both places i could just never get completely clean does that sound terrible just like a level of just like dirt is like infrastructure in both of those places and And it's hot and humid and you're always fucking sweating yeah so like i remember sometimes just feeling like claustrophobic like i felt like such a douchebag but it was like i just want to go to like new york city and take a shower <laughs> like um i was a i mean i i'm white i've got scott irish culture or heritage or whatever but i i don't know something about is appealing for like central american culture and cuban culture uh the music and the food and they may just be stereotypes but I always just felt like a yeah, just a level of comfort there. Like even the church that I go to here is like or used to go to here was like half Spanish, half English. I don't know. A lot of people like to say that Latino culture has like this machismo thing, but uh, I don't know. I feel like the Latino culture that I've interacted with has like just there's more openness and acceptance for different types of gender presentation, and that like it's okay for like men to be sweet and caring and to cook and to to do things that are considered like feminine in this society. So it's always been, I don't know, it's always seemed just like more open than what I've experienced American culture as, which I think like when I had in transition and stuff, like I've always been into like, like I studied like African-American studies in college, but it was just like I couldn't in my brain. I didn't, then I was just like, you know, like, white girl black power like but like now i understand like oh i was just looking maybe for like alternative ways to be human and there's not trans studies didn't exist you know maybe gender studies existed but it was just like me trying to get to me being a trans man but it was like all this stuff happened where trans wasn't even on my radar until i graduated from college and even then i was like oh that's not me you know, I like being a girl. I like being the special kind of girl where, like, I can hit on girls, but, like, guys can't beat the shit out of me. But that's not necessarily true. <laughs> but, yeah, I, so just 
I think even just a lot of like when you learn a new language, that opens up stuff in your brain that you didn't know there was space for before. Like the idea that there's stuff in each language that doesn't translate. Like, oh, there's things that are bigger than, you know, my me growing up in South Carolina. I grew up in the church. I grew up playing tennis. It was very defined. I would grow up in Girl Scouts. It was very defined. Like, you're a girl. Like, it ne- I never was able to open my mind bigger than that. Until literally I was like 26 and I like Googled trans. And then I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and here we are. Sure. I know, right? It's I saw this like trans guy like doing pull-ups. <laughs> I was like, that's not real. That's not possible. Like, no way. And then, yeah. Now trans is, trans is cool. <laughs> it definitely is. People should feel comfortable in the skin, you know, whatever skin they want to be in. And I don't understand why anyone would be bothered by it. As I said before, I am very much, you should live your life. As long as you are not harming anyone else, who gives a fuck what you do? What you do to your own body, what you put in your own body, who cares? It's your body. Do what you want. Yeah. I mean, good or bad. You can be like, I'm going to go do heroin right now. Be like, have fun. Hey, no, be like, don't do heroin, Lee. (laughs) <laughs> oh wait i just said my uh, now everyone knows my secret human civilian name Holy. we'll just do a one two three don't do heroin eddie no no it's <laughs> no it's funny when people say that like i say my name's lee like out here like people be like that's your first name like or like like it was really funny for me like asian people be like that's your first name <laughs> that's weird <laughs> and then i don't want to be they're like lee where's that from like because i think it's from robert e lee Oh, yeah, I like the Southern general because it's L E E. Yeah. So I don't like to like <laughs> say that that's my namesake. That would be really, I, it would be really funny to me if your original name was Kim Lee. Like <laughs> it's kind of close, but it's kind of close. <laughs> a, a lot of like the Asian culture here would be like Kim Lee. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That's yeah. I know. Oh, it's wild. It's wild being out here. It's, it's just wonderful because in South Carolina, just like very limp. There's a one like upshot of being in South Carolina as a trans person. They don't even know that trans people exist. So before I ever was on testosterone, but I just had a buzzed hat, like buzzed head and like was, um, was binding my chest. They just immediately thought I was a man. Cause like in their brain, there's, there's only men and there's women. Whereas like same scenario, pre-transition buzzed head binding in San Francisco store owners are like very like to me and my girlfriend oh hey ladies because they're like oh we know there's all different types of ways to be a woman we don't want to offend this person by saying they're a man right it's like a really funny upshot of being like in the rural area that i've heard a lot of people like have that same experience oh and that's the crazy part to me like that north carolina was the one passing the bathroom law like how many trans people are you guys encountering that you need to pass that you feel the need to pass this unnecessary law yeah i feel most trans people Get the fuck out of the Carolinas. They're like, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I, it's like the moment the moment that I even get to Atlanta airport, I start seeing the, um, the rainbow flip-flops and the North Face jackets on women. And I'm like, oh, I'm here. I'm here. It's like women in the South have a really interesting way of being butch, and they don't even know it. Like I used to work at a mall in the st- or a store in the mall, and like the butch, like couples would come in, and the man and the woman were just like 
twins almost like and the, these women they think they're so southern and ladylike and like if you compared it to what's going on in california they're just yeah hella butch like they don't even know <laughs> no <laughs> they got their short like mullet haircuts and stuff and they don't even know they look like total dykes she's like i know how it's gonna hog <laughs> exactly yes it's so weird, yes. <laughs> like, I've been a dude my whole life. I don't know how to skin a hog. I obviously don't even know how to kill one. <laughs> yeah, and that's like when I worked at the mall. It's like one woman that I worked with is totally filmed. She's like, I can skin a deer faster than any of the guys at the processing plant. <laughs> like, what the heck is going on? And then I was just like encountering shit. Like, she's like, my mom and dad grew, you know, raised me to believe that men and women are, you know, a woman can do anything a man does, but I would never get on an airplane if it was a woman pilot. <laughs> She's like, it just wouldn't feel right. <laughs> so, yeah, it was terrible. It was like, it was like Eddie encounters like racism, sexism, homophobia every day. <laughs> like people, they would like, yeah, using racial epithets. And then saying, oh, I only use that racial epithet if they're acting like a racial epithet. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, I had to get the fuck out of there. I don't even visit anymore. I haven't been home for like two and a half years. So, yeah. Besides some rad meals, I can't say I blame you. I did, I did some time in the Carolinas. So oh, yeah, you got I, some barbecue, some Carolina gold? Oh, yeah. I uh, went to fucking um, Piggy Park down in Columbia. Oh, nice. And that's that's his brother does Maurice's, right? Yeah, well, it's Maurice's Piggy Park. Like, oh, it is Maurice's Piggy Park. Yeah, yeah, Maurice. Oh, my God. Yeah, freaking Maurice. Oh, my God. Because then, his, oh, his brother is just Morrison's or something like that. He do, he didn't fly the flag, but, oh, yeah, freaking. No, this is funny. Maurice, <laughs> Maurice's daughter lives in my parents' neighborhood. Oh, really? And then Maurice bought a house across the street from my parents' house that I grew up in for his, like, lady for his lady piece. And so I swear to God, like one time I'm like driving out and Maurice is in the front yard. He waves at me. He's got the white suit on and everything. The mustache like curled up. Oh, that's I crazy. I not fucking believe it. Yeah. Freaking small ass world. Yeah. That, that is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, no. It's not even a nice house. Like it's not a nice, it's like a starter neighborhood that my parents just like. Satan. <laughs> you figure with all that piggy park money, right? Like they, they had, they have those things. And I also, uh, I also ate at Lizard's Thicket. Yes, yes, yes. I think we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. You, oh God, and you can just get the four veggie plate. That's good too. But oh, it's, you gotta love that place where it's like, attention vegetarians. All our vegetables are cooked in lard, <laughs> and rice and gravy is on the vegetables list. Like. <laughs> In what world is rice and gravy a fucking vegetable? And the, and the freaking name, Liz, Lizard's Thicket? Like, that's just a disgusting name, you know? I don't want to think about eating lizards. Like, oh, yeah, it's a trip. South, oh, man, South Carolina is a trip. Uh, where else was I? Look, um, There's a place in Greenville, South Carolina called yeah. Bacon Brothers, which is... Oh, a, I haven't been there. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Like, yeah. Just pulled pork, fucking, like, I'm sure I have a picture on my phone somewhere of, like, their aging meat locker. It was just like, oh. Did you go to Rush's? I did South not. South Carolina? Uh. Yeah. It's nothing special. I mean, I guess it's a little special because they serve hot dogs and hamburgers, but. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, you get fries and then you put vinegar in the fries. It's supposed to be, like, a thing. <laughs> That's like a UK thing, putting vinegar on oh, fries. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, but yeah, I spent a little bit of time in South Carolina, a bunch of time in like Charlotte. and. Oh, yeah, Charlotte's much better. <laughs> yeah, all over North Carolina. North Carolina is much better. <laughs> than South Carolina, yeah. Well, Weird-ass things happen in South Carolina, like like Susan Smith. She like Remember she like drowned her kids? Yeah, yeah. And then like... Uh, Joe Wilson, that's my representative. He he yelled out at Barack Obama, "You lie!" during the State of the Union address. Oh, and then like the freaking the shooting at the the AME, the Black Church in Charleston, South Carolina. Thankfully, they sentenced that asshole to death. And he he went. He's from Lexington. He's from where I'm from. It's just like fucking crazy. Oh, and then they shot the the guy in North Walter Scott in North Charleston. You know, like these crazy, huge, politically like, like powerful things happen in South Carolina. Hey, it was the first state to leave the union. So, uh, yeah, I believe in the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eddie, it is actually about that time. We're going to call last call. We're going to wrap it up for the day. I could keep going for hours on this. So it's been a ton of fun. Oh yeah, this has been really wonderful. Thank you so much. Where can the audience find you on social media? Where they, can they find your porn? Alright, please follow me on Twitter, Eddiewood Triple X. And I also have a website. It's called EddieWoodTripleX.com. And you can find my stuff on mini vids under Eddiewood F2M. And if you want a PG follow me, follow me on Instagram at Eddiewood FTM. Damn you, Instagram making things PG. The government said tits are legal now. Like, why is why they got to be PG? What the fuck? But due to trans men and all of our activism and Instagram, they allow nipples and breasts if it's mas- mastectomy scars. So, woo, woo, woo. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Free the nipple. <laughs> Free the fucking nipple. I put on too much more weight than going to block my tits. Shit. <laughs> and for me... As always, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook. You can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter, And Now We Drink underscore on Instagram. Every Thursday, coming for a new episode. Till then, good night, all. Hey.